Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks Therapy Session. I am your counselor, Kane Pittman, and alongside me from brewhooptherapy.com, Frank Madden. The Bucks go down to the Raptors. The walls feel like they are caving in right now on the Bucks. We are two, two games away from the playoffs. I was just talking to Frank before we started recording this. I think the biggest takeaway from the day was a quote from Kyle Corver. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But before we do, Frank, in one sentence, a few words, I don't know how you want to do this. How are you feeling about the Milwaukee Bucks right now? So, I mean, I think there's, you know, reasons to put a little bit of concern behind just the general uh, performance we've seen in the bubble. Uh, I think, you know, today they lose to the Raptors, uh, who didn't have Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, or Javaka. Uh, but Bucks, no Giannis. So, I mean, again, kind of hard to draw a lot from any game in which obviously your best player in the MVP doesn't play. But that said, um, you know, I mean, I mean, it's kind of a wild stat. The Bucks' first 60 games, they lost eight times. In their last 11 games, they've lost eight times. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, lose it, losing has sort of become a habit of late. And uh, there, there are some, you know, normal reasons for that. I think um, in that span, Giannis has missed or missed most of four games and they've lost all four of those but even so okay then you're three and four with Giannis right and that's that's not great either so uh, and obviously that kind of mixes pre-bubble and and you know in the bubble they're now two and four in the bubble um and so I think you know the I, I let me put let me put it this way I think the upside is you know Giannis and Chris who even today Chris didn't look great and somehow he ends up with 17 points on 12 shots in 25 minutes um Chris Giannis don't I mean other than some turnover issues especially for Chris but like in general those guys look very good Brooke Lopez has looked really good overall um Eric Bledsoe is just coming back probably from the COVID-19 stuff so he's still kind of trying to find his his momentum and I think that's been a big thing they've been missing um so on the one hand, I think there's some top-level reasons to feel like pretty good. But I think the, the biggest reasons to kind of be a little concerned are, you know, we talk about like switches being flipped, and this, this uh, relates a little bit to, um, to what Kyle Korver said. But this isn't really like a, a, a switch-flipping team, right? I mean, the whole idea of why, what's made this team great has been that they're just always really steady and good, and that defense is always generally – giving you a chance to win games and, you know, they won their first five games. I think this year without Giannis, they've now lost, I think five in a row without Giannis, including, you know, four in that, in this kind of recent stretch. So, um, you know, I think there's some, actually there are some valid reasons to kind of be like, all right, guys, like you got to kind of get, get your, you know, kind of situation back in gear because your defensive rating is 111 since coming back here in these six games and, you know, small sample, et cetera, et cetera. But, 
Um, they have just haven't looked close to the defensive team that we saw, obviously that was playing historically great defense all season. And, um, we've seen that kind of in fits and starts, especially that Miami second half. But, um, you know, I think with this team, we're used to seeing that, uh, you know, every, every day, every game. And, uh, it's out of character for this team to just be kind of going through the motions and sort of being satisfied with their seating and all that. Um, and so, yeah, I think that is. I think that is a, a least a somewhat concern because on the one hand, I think, you know, typically speaking, what happens late in regular seasons usually doesn't really that matter a whole lot. There's not a lot of momentum, actually. Tom Haverstor wrote about this maybe a year or two ago. Not a lot of momentum that carries into playoffs. Um, it's really who you are over really early in the season tends to be a better indicator of how good you are as a team. Um, but this is also a very uncommon season, right? So there's four months between when the Bucks last played and a week, you know, a week and a half ago. Uh, and so I think you do have to put a little bit more stock into what we're seeing now just because it has been so long since these teams played and, and everything else. And I, I would have thought that the Bucks would actually be a team that would be very well suited to kind of pick up where they left off just because of their defensive system and their familiarity with one another. Um, but that obviously they've, they've had some issues and there just hasn't been a lot of consistency, you know, quarter to quarter. No, that was pretty well summed up in a few words, Frank. I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, we, and just end of, end of podcast. Good night. <laughs> See you tomorrow. You know what? This was almost a little test for me. I thought about this before I hit record. And I said, I'm just going to say, Frank, in a couple of words or a sentence, tell us how you're feeling about the box and we'll see if, it's, if he's physically capable of doing that. And, no, uh, no, I'm not. And I'm much, not. Like, much like the box effort levels today, you failed. You failed that test. Now, <laughs> the Kyle Korver the quote that you mentioned and that I mentioned right off the top, and if you haven't heard this, I'm going to read this out in a second, but just to set the scene a little bit, uh, Bud spoke first post-game, and he was really peppered with questions, whether it was Eric, whether it was Matt Velasquez, whether it was Laura Stevenson, or it was myself. The, the one thing that everyone was asking about is, you're really close to the playoffs. What are you going to do? How can you fix this? What's the problem? Now, Bud was you know, uh, pretty, he played the straight bat with a lot of these. He was like, you know, the, the effort's not there. This isn't the way we want to play. We want to play well every single night. He mostly deflected from questions regarding motivation, I asked him directly, is the motivation an issue right now with the number one seed? And he said, well, you know, you would hope not, uh, but it does play a factor. And we just hope that we can continue to be play to the level we expect daily. Because as you pointed to, Frank, he said the same thing. We are a team that plays well every night. That's what we do. So that's what Bud said. Uh, Pat Connaughton pretty much uh, you know, gave nothing. He said, we're not worried. It's fine. We'll figure it out. We're just going to keep getting better. But then Kyle Korver, someone who probably speaks better than he's more well-spoken than any player on the Bucks team. He always considers his answers. He will, he will take a second or two to think about what he's going to say before he says it. And Eric name asked him about this team, what they can do. And he gave a lengthy answer, but this part of the of the response and this, this quote here was either alarming or calming. I don't know how everyone's going to take this, but it certainly made me sit up in my seat. He said on all the teams I've been on, I've always found this is where there's a turning point for a team. You either take this and you move towards better, you move towards good, or you can go the other way. I'm not going to say we are at that point, but we are certainly close. I believe in the character of our group. I think we have a bunch of guys who want to do the right thing. I believe in our culture and I think we are going to figure it out. Now, <laughs> to me, this seemed a little bit dramatic because I was thinking in my head, yeah, this was a pretty poor performance, but there was no Giannis and... Overall, I've always had this idea in my head that 
it looks to me very clearly that the Bucks' effort level isn't there. Now, is that because there is nothing to play for right now? Seems logical. We saw that they did flip a switch in the second half against Miami and they lifted the intensity. They lifted the, lifted the effort level and they responded and they played really good basketball. So I've sort of been not overly concerned about it. When Kyle Corvus says that, that is a very dramatic answer. That makes me think, wait a second, is there something that I should be more worried about? Is this seriously panic time right now for the Bucs? Yeah, I mean, it's hard because it's on one hand, you know, you're literally, you've only been playing basketball again for, what, 10 days or, or whatever we're at now um, after being off for four months. Uh, so in that sense, it's like, well, yeah, you're kind of working your way back. And, um, you know, I think the Bucks are obviously, and the Bucks and Raptors are the best situation in the league in the sense that the last two seeds in, in the East are going to be, you know, what we expect notably softer in the first round of the playoffs than, you know, any other, uh, what any other teams are going to be facing. So you have an extra, you know, you have basically your whole first round. Um, and again, I don't want to be too presumptuous, but you're locked into the, a, a matchup with the magic. Well, listen, Frank, everyone's a little bit different, but after watching a basketball game like that, where you might get a little bit worked up, you might be feeling a little bit stressed out. Our friends at CBDMD might be, they might be able to provide the perfect remedy to help you go to sleep after watching a frustrating Bucks game. And it might be very important during the postseason because it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. To make and to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else, CBD has to offer. They're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at the checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. You know, look, I mean, the Magic can be pesky and they, you know, um, they, well, they had some athletes in particular when they had Jonathan Isaac, who's now out for the season. But um, look, you know, they can be pesky. They have Eric Names, favorite basketball player, DJ Augustine. <laughs> um, but, you know, hopefully, obviously, you're going to have uh, an opportunity to kind of continue to get yourself right a little bit, uh, even if you don't do it in the next two games, which are against Washington and Memphis, which obviously, you know, not exactly like really high bars. But let's be honest, I mean, at this point, if the Bucks just could just beat the hell out of anybody, that would probably make everybody feel better. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> beating the say G-, G League. Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, you know, with Giannis being out today, do this oral surgery, and he was in the building, so I, I don't know what that means for his status tomorrow. I don't know if you guys asked. I, I don't know if there was anything really uh, let on today about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're definitely – I think you definitely have, like, you know, just just to, like, get some return to normalcy, you'd like to see the Bucks just take care of business – against even a horrendous team like the like the Wizards because we're the only other game they've had like that they lost to the Nets even though they played uh their best players in the first half uh before sitting them down and they were losing at halftime of that game too so um yeah I mean uh, so it's that weird spot like on the one hand you know well you're just you're just getting back and swing at things on the other hand um the playoffs are right around the corner 
Um, and, you know, it's been strange. I mean, just looking at some of the numbers, I mean, the Lakers have by far the worst offense uh, in, the, in the bubble so far. Bucks are pretty kind of like mid-pack. They're at a 110 offensive rating. I mean, the Lakers are at 98. <laughs> and ironically, even the Raptors came into – or actually, this is uh, after today. Raptors are 5-1. and one, They have a 103 offensive rating. They have the third worst offense in the bubble, which is kind of surprising, right, because they've been generally – you know, they've had some good wins. Uh, but their offense has, has really not been good, and I think that's a concern for them in the playoffs. You know, just do they have enough kind of bucket-getting – ability um as they get you know as they potentially get further into the playoffs but their defense has been phenomenal um and not surprising their their opponent three-point percentage has been really good so uh yeah you look at the bucks 111 defensive rating versus you know below 102 when we last saw them before uh the the shutdown so obviously they've had a a notable um break there from from where we expect them to be um but i i don't know i mean the part about like anything implying that we're on some like sort of precipice, you know, where you go one way or the other is, is kind of weirdly ominous, which I would not have expected a, you know, the, um, the old guy on the team, right. uh, especially when it's thoughtful as Kyle Corver to even sort of allude to that, you know? Um, but obviously, you know, I think he also obviously provided the general sentiment that you know, he believes in kind of what this team's about. So, yeah, I mean, look, in the grand scheme of things, like, there's really – there don't, doesn't appear to be any, like, central drama to the locker room or something like that. Um, you know, there's not like – you know, you're not like Philly where you just lost a superstar and another guy, you know, the other superstar is, you know, just hurt his ankle and he's going to miss games with Joel Embiid. Um, so, uh, you know, again, I, I think if you get through this – bubble period you know with Giannis uh and Chris and Lopez and you know Bledsoe looking like he's on his way back from where he was um then I think you know again that's really was always gonna be the main thing getting through this with your health um you know Bledsoe's probably right now at least the only kind of obvious question mark there because he still seems like he's playing his way back into shape and into form after being out with uh coronavirus but um I don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird, bit of a weird comment to say, but I, I think I do come back always to that that idea though that you know again this is not a team that ever like half asses it. Like that's their whole identity is that they don't do that. Uh, they're they've been awesome in preseasons the last two years. Uh, you know they've never had extended spells of losing. Right, first year with Bud, they don't lose two games in a row until they get ousted in the playoffs. This year, you know, they didn't have any losing streaks. And then obviously they run to that, um, they run to that, uh, run into that three game streak with Giannis missing two of the games uh, to end uh, in the spring before everything got suspended. And I think that's, you know, that's just sort of gives me a little bit more unease just because, like, as much as there were some reasons for it, like, they hadn't looked great right before a play was suspended. And obviously now, um, they're not looking great right now. And, and again, I mean, there's going to be a ton of volatility with kind of just the weirdness of this bubble. But yeah, I mean, you would expect the Bucks to be well suited to kind of picking up where they left off. And, and they haven't had that. Flip side, you know, the silver lining of all this. Um, okay, Giannis has missed two games. In the games where Giannis has played, you know, legitimate minutes, you beat the Celtics, you beat the Heat, and I mean, what were, what were they up against the Rockets? Like eight points or something with like yeah, three right, minutes yeah. left? Yep. You know, what were they up? Seven points with under two minutes left against the Mavericks? I mean, 
you know, you had literally three possession leads inside of three minutes in the two games that you would say, like you look at as like the games that like kind of mattered, you know, where you were actually going for it. And, you know, again, it's not like they've been just coming out here and like laying ducks and getting blown out every game with their best players. That's, that's definitely not been happening. It's just been, again, just sort of some disappointing, some lapses. I mean, the only game where they really, you know, where they played their all their dudes and got blown out was Miami, and then they wound up coming, <laughs> coming back to win the game. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just been a weird bubble, and I, I don't know. I mean, I think one of the interesting things, you know, you often talk about role players struggling on the road and being really good at home and how that especially matters in the playoffs, and we saw that, like, in, um, uh, I think, especially in the Boston series, but then the Bucks got good, good um, – good road play out of Connaughton and George Hill in particular, which really kind of turned that series on its head. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting dynamic now in, in the bubble because there are no home games. There are no real road games. Um, and so I, I'm curious like what that really means for a Bucks team that has often gotten by on depth. And obviously a lot of that depth has been disappointing in, uh, in, in Orlando. I think, George Hill actually making some shots today was, you know, if we're going to take some silver linings from today, I thought that was very nice to see George Hill actually making some three pointers. Cause you've, I don't know, felt like over the past week plus that it just, you can, and, and this extends back to right before the break too. It just felt like you always expected him to miss. Um, he's just been in a slump. So it was nice to see him actually make some shots, but uh, obviously overall um, a lot of work to be done in general. Well, now the sports are back, Frank. I've only got one thing on my mind, and that's my bookie. My bookie is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped up into one. I love it. You love it. And that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams. And with the start of Major League Baseball here, we don't know how for how long, but there's never been a t- better time to start playing. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. But why stop with baseball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future. And in this case, that means basketball, hockey, and football. My bookie is already accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today, and my bookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, I'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter the promo code Locked On NBA when signing up. That's Locked On NBA. They'll match your deposit 100%. They'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. Remember. And my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. Also, no Wesley Matthews tonight, basically. He played one minute and 34 seconds, so that's worth noting. That's another starter. So no Giannis, no Wesley tonight. Uh, you already mentioned the guys the Raptors had out. Uh, but did you, guys, did you guys hear? Did you, oh, maybe you're about to say. Did you, I was going to ask, did you guys hear anything about Matthews in the postgame? Because... Was there was there were there shots of him like um, moving around on the bench after he came out? I, I I thought I might have seen something. Yeah, he was on the bike. They showed that on the broadcast. It was one of those ones that it happened so quickly that you couldn't really tell what happened. Bud said after the game he had some the words he was told from the doctors. He had some awareness in his quad and groin area. He didn't expect that this was going to be something that they're too worried about. But at this point. They just said, listen, if there's anything going on, let's shut him down. So I would not expect that Wesley Matthews will play tomorrow. But Bud certainly didn't seem concerned that this is anything that's going to keep him out of you know, the first round or certainly an extended period of time. So that was good. But again, you know, he's been an important player. He got up 1-3 uh, 
and that was it. So uh, two two starters out for the Bucks, and I, I think the other thing that is is worth noting from tonight, Pascal Siakam. Again, I thought we saw some things that give you um, some confidence in a series against Toronto that they are going to have the defensive ability to slow him down. He scored fourteen points on sixteen shots once again. The Bucks turned him into a three-point shooter. He was one for seven from out there. That's not... He, he's improved. No doubt he's improved. But those, those are the shots you want Siakam taking. I thought there was multiple possessions, four or five possessions, where uh, Marvin Williams was defending him and forced him to sort of pass the ball out. He should have been attacking. It was a situation where you thought he would have been able to get a bucket. And again, Marvin showed his defensive versatility. So that was something to take from this game. I think overall... Just to get back to that quote, I, I wasn't really too nervous until, like I said, Corva said that, and all of a sudden for a period after that, I was like, holy shit, maybe I am starting to feel a little bit anxious, actually, if Corva's feeling that way. But it's hard to read with him because, like I said, he's such a thoughtful guy that he doesn't say anything by mistake. So if, if he, you know, another player might say that, and you might read a little bit more into it and say, well, this seems like there's big problems. But with Corva, it's kind of like, well, he's just talking through it. He's not too worried. He doesn't seem worried about anything with this team. He's just basically saying, listen, the playoffs are two games away. The time to mess around is is running out because regardless of it, the, Buc- the fact the Bucs are playing a Magic team that we expect they're going to roll through, and I still do. I mean, I, I, I think that the effort level will be a completely different level in game one early next week, but you still want to see it. I think we'll be able to tell pretty early in that game one whether this Bucs team has been struggling through the bubble because this is something we're going to expect to see. And I also will say that if this was a normal season and if this was April, I don't think that there would be this level of concern or uh, maybe anxiety about what, we, what we're about to see. We would just be like, oh, well, whatever. They've won 60 games. They're a great team. It's before the playoffs. Some guys aren't playing. This is no big deal. There's nothing to worry about because I think it is easy to gloss over the good performances. And I streamed the game again today on Hot Mike, which, by the way, I, you guys have got to join me. It's been a lot of fun, particularly the Mavs game on the weekend. We had a, a, a big number of Bucks fans in there. But someone, Ashley was on this. Uh, her name is Ashley. She was on this uh, chat today. And she said, I just wish, I guess I shouldn't assume it was, a, it was a girl, by the way. It could have been a guy. But this person said, I just wish the Bucs would find a way to, to close out these games and win some of these games. And I had to quickly say, well, remember, they did win two of those games. They beat Miami and Boston when they were close down the stretch. So I think it's for, for a team that we're so used to seeing them win, you can forget that they've also played some pretty good basketball when they've had their starters in so far in the bubble. If you look at the advanced numbers, the starters have been pretty damn good as a, as a collective five. So uh, it's, it's easy to look over that. I, I think that's worth noting and something to remember as we, we move forward. Yeah. And I think this is, I mean, the, the bottom line is we've just expected a much yeah, higher exactly. <laughs> level of consistency uh, from this team than, than what we've seen. Um, one thing, I don't know what, if there's other points you want to make just from watching tonight's game. Um, I think, uh, you know, Corver, ironically, we talk about his quote, he was uh, on fire shooting the ball yeah. today. Um, so he had a very good shooting game. He after what wasn't he like zero for five in the last game, and we didn't really see much of him after initial some initial misses uh, against Dallas. Um, but uh, you know, I think other than that, um, obviously not a whole lot to write home about this game. I mentioned uh, George Hill making four out of eight threes. Uh, I think you know the the um, 
the Raptors give up like an outrageous number of corner threes uh, with their defense. I think it's like 13 corner threes per game. They allow something like that. I think the Bucks are maybe at nine or something. I think, I don't know if you had that number the other day. 12 in the bubble, um, but, but uh, around eight and a half they were on the season, but it's, it's gone up yeah. to 12. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we saw the Bucks look for that a little bit, but you know, obviously it's not like they made a ton of hay that way. Um, but we did see the Bucks, uh, you know, trying to do that a little bit. But again, I think turnovers. Again, once again, um, you know, a theme tonight: uh, nineteen uh, turnovers for the Bucks versus fourteen for Toronto. Uh, Sixteen to two advantage in fast break points for Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say transition defense has been pretty abysmal by Buck standards in the bubble. It just feels like there's been guys leaking out and the Bucks not getting back. I mean, this has happened even when Giannis has been on the court. Um, but today it happened, you know, a bunch of times where it just felt like the Raptors were getting out and in transition. Uh, and again, today as well, defensive rebounding really poor again. Um, you know, when you sub in Pat Connaughton for Giannis, that's not going to help your defensive rebounding. Um, but 30% offensive rebound rate, for the Raptors, it just felt like they were physically just far more active and athletic and, and big uh, for much of the night. The Bucks just looked kind of slow to the ball. Um, and obviously that was an issue against Dallas as well. Weirdly against Dallas, it felt like the Bucks just couldn't hold on to the ball. Like there were just plays where they just like bumbled it out of bounds multiple times. There was that play where like, I think it was Chris and somebody else like, literally were the only two people near the basket and like they kind of like collided and jostled and like went out of bounds together. And it was just like, my God, it was like Keystone cops type stuff. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we obviously have not talked about defensive rebounding and turnovers being, you know, these blights on the Bucks success uh, much this year. Defensive rebounding has been phenomenal for the most part this year, like top in the league type, type thing. Uh, but so that's obviously something that, you know, again, to the extent that you tie any, any of this to like effort or something like that. Yeah. I mean, defensive rebounding is, is obviously a part of that, but the turnover stuff, I think is just more, you know, the execution and just Christmas that I think Bud has, has referred to multiple times. And it just feels like, especially with like Middleton, he had another four turnovers today. Uh, just, just getting sped up guys, like just trying to be too aggressive in transition at times. Um, and then some of the passing, I mean, just like, guys trying to make passes that it's just like you can't make that pass like like Dante and Corver Chris and to a lesser extent Chris Chris is more just like he just gets swarmed and and you know gets the ball knocked away but like other guys just like trying to make bounce passes and not even like close to getting these plumbing these passes off and um I mean Dante's been really poor of late uh he had another five turnovers today two out of nine shooting um did have nine rebounds, but, um, you know, I, he was probably a, a very underrated part of the Bucks' success, I think, this season, especially defensively. Um, but he has not looked like a guy. He, he's looked, you know, like a rookie, basically. <laughs> basically. Uh, and he's a guy that obviously we got used to being a really high-level role player during, this, during his second season here. So, um, you know, I'd say in general, you know, the supporting cast has left um, a lot to be desired. Uh, but, you know, kind of, you know, when you think about like who you're going to rely on, you know, you know, you're going to need George Hill. Uh, you know, you're going to need Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, both those guys have had their struggles. You hope that perhaps Hill maybe turns the corner a little bit today, just seeing some shots go down. Um, but I think you start with those two guys 
And then Marvin Williams is a guy certainly that I think you're going to need to see in different lineups. Um, he he's uh, Marvin's been pretty, pretty fine. I think um, he had a great block in transition today. His offensive rebounding, not today, but in general, I think his activity level has been uh, a nice thing to see. Uh, and then, you know, beyond that, obviously Connaughton's important. He started today in place of Giannis, but he's probably that other wing that's just always going to play. Um, and again, folks can argue, but uh, to be honest, I think with Sterling really just fading into to oblivion uh, and Corver, you know, Corver is kind of a game to game guy. You know, I think he's going to probably make sense on some nights and depending on matchups, he'll probably be difficult to, to play other nights, which makes Connaughton pretty important because we know obviously Bud likes him. So um, Connaughton 12 points a day on eight shots, had a nice uh, first quarter. I think he had 10 of his 12 points in the first quarter. Um, but he's obviously a guy that, that I think is going to be pretty important. So, so yeah, I mean, I think Connaughton, Marvin, uh, DiVincenzo, and uh, George Hill are probably those key guys. Obviously, you expect Robin Lopez will play most nights. Um, he's not really distinguished himself either. So those benches, yeah, that, that, that bench group, I think, certainly has, has work to do. And, um, you know, we'll be interesting to see who plays in these last two games um, because, uh, as you've been saying, the starters, the, the, the top players have played pretty well. Bledsoe's still working his way back. We'll see what Wes's injury situation is. Um, but certainly you're going to need more from that bench kind of moving forward. And I think everything really starts on the defensive end, I think in general. Um, but, uh, but, you know, either way, I think the offensive side too, there's, there's just a general lack of crispness. And again, I don't think turnovers are like effort per se, right? I think the defensive stuff, there's probably an effort perhaps story there a little bit, but um, there's just a, a lot that they can get better at. Yeah. I'm probably not, overly concerned about players like George Hill and Marvin Williams just because they're veterans. They're veterans. Like we know that George Hill struggled with his shot. It was certainly nice to see him go four for eight tonight and get some, get some pretty good looks and see them go down. Uh, I am concerned about Dante. If there was one player on this roster that I'm concerned about, it's definitely him because we do sometimes forget how inexperienced he is. He's also never played NBA playoff basketball. We've always felt that he's a big game player. He certainly hasn't shied away from the moment in games that he has played when you think about you know, games against the Clippers, games against the Lakers, for instance, big regular season games. But yeah, he's looked way off. And uh, he has been someone that I've looked to and said, well, this is a point of difference from last year's postseason. This guy's a real X factor. He creates turnovers. He creates energy. He creates these opportunities. He hasn't done that. And he's been certainly sloppy with the ball. And some of his finishing at the rim has been brutal. He's missed uh, open layups and shots that you really need him to finish come playoff time. So I'm curious to see whether Dante can turn this around. And uh, one last note on Eric Bledsoe. Uh, tonight, he actually had eight, eight assists, uh, only two turnovers. That's a good ratio for him. He played 30 minutes. Uh, really passive in the first half. Only took three shots and then came out. And you could see that he made a concerted effort to get aggressive. That's the Eric Bledsoe that we want to see. Unfortunately, couldn't knock down a free throw to save himself, which uh, hurt the Bucs as they were sort of continually pushing to get back in the game, but just couldn't break within about six points. It kept on getting to that point, and then they'd have a couple of turnovers or miss some free throws, and the Raptors would push it back out. There was a moment at the end of the game that made me laugh with Eric Bledsoe, though. He was running around chasing Matt Thomas, who is a sniper. He's an underrated sniper off the bench. We've seen him have a couple of good games against the Bucs now, and he makes tough threes. Like We're not talking about wide-open threes. He's just a really good shooter. And Bledsoe was out there at the end, which again felt like a bit of conditioning. The other starters were off. They left Bledsoe yeah. out to run those minutes up. 
but he was chasing around Matt Thomas and he did a really fantastic job, got around a screen, pushed him into the paint as he normally would. And then instead of having Giannis and Brook Lopez there, it was DJ Wilson and Sterling Brown. And Matt Thomas dumped off a little pass and the Rockets got a pretty important basket. And on the replay, it just looked like blood. So it was like, oh, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh. This is a little bit different to what I'm used to. My job's normally done at this point. I can rely on those two to snuff this opportunity out. But uh, it just made me laugh to see those two out on the floor. Uh, DJ, by the way, just continues to gun. Three three-point attempts. He's getting he's letting it fly from out there. I don't think he's hit one in the bubble yet. It's been a little bit rough to see. I'm making an early prediction for tomorrow's game because I don't think you know Chris Middleton's going to play. He was limping a little bit, had a bit of a knee collision. It looked like I don't think he's going to play tomorrow. No word on Giannis and all these players, but Frank Mason's going for 30 points tomorrow. I'm calling it. He, he's going to get. A, he's going to see a lot of time. He's going to see a lot of time, and he's going to he's going to get buckets. Yeah, I mean, uh, do you, what you think? What, what's your guess? You think Giannis plays? On, on Tuesday? No, I, I think he plays the Memphis game, which actually might be an interesting game to play because the Grizzlies, it's a must-win for the Grizzlies. It's going to be a competitive game. Yeah, and um, I mean, no Jaron Jackson Jr. in that game uh, <laughs> with him being out with a knee injury. Um, so it, it's uh, it will be interesting. I, I don't know. It's just, I think the, the thing that I find so interesting about the bubble is it really doesn't seem like there's any predictability game to game yeah. who's going to win um, teams with motivation teams with no motivation uh, teams that were great in the regular season teams that were really bad. I mean, certainly obviously like, look, you know, the better teams have tended to be better, of course, but um, I, I don't know. Like, it's just remarkable. Like you just look at teams that, that should be really motivated for teams that aren't or teams that are resting guys and, it just seems like a toss. Like every game just feels like there's a degree of toss-upness to it, Mm -hmm. uh, which again is probably somewhat because of just the weirdness of the scenario we're in and the sense that this is at once regular season basketball, but also kind of feels like preseason basketball at the same time. Um, And there's no home court and and everything like that. So it just, it does feel just kind of very unpredictable game to game. So um yeah, I don't know. It'll. I, I'm. I'm very curious to see what they do uh, against Washington. I. I mean, I. I think if the Bucks were, you know, feeling pretty pretty good about themselves, then, um, I think it'd be probably you know kind of obvious to just you know yeah, especially Chris and and Brooke, for instance, coming off back to back, just rest those guys. You know why why, you know, put them through any any unnecessary effort. Um, but I, I don't know, like with Giannis, it's harder because he obviously he didn't play today. And, you know, he's, he hasn't had obviously had that many games to get kind of his conditioning up, even if overall he's been playing at a high level. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange thing whether or not they – I'm curious if they will uh, actually try to put Giannis out there tomorrow, just given that he didn't play today. Or I don't know. I mean, does his tooth actually still hurt? Like, who knows what exactly uh, this oral surgery was that, that he had to go through. But I, I would probably agree. I mean, I would – I don't think, you know, anybody's going to play 35 minutes against Memphis, but um, I would, I would imagine that, you know, they'll, they'll put in at least three quarters of, of effort. And then, um, you know, like today, uh, the kind of starter types were kind of got blown, they got their doors blown off early in the fourth quarter. And it, you kind of like, all right, is Bud just going to throw in the towel? But he actually kept some of those guys in for a little bit longer. And it felt like it was almost like a, all right, guys, you know, like 
you know, you're going to have to, like, you, you, you guys sucked up, sucked this game up. I'm going to make you go out there and like have to suffer through <laughs> some more basketball and see if I can shame you into playing better. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's just kind of weird. Right? I mean, it's been so long since I've been basketball and now I've been basketball's back and um, I'm, I don't know. I'm not really, like, I don't really expect the Bucks to win games right now, which is just kind of a weird feeling to be in. Obviously there's a lot of, strangeness game to game just as far as who's available but um i don't know like would i be surprised if the bucks lose to the wizards regardless of who plays for the bucks and the wizards at this point no i mean we already <laughs> saw the nets beat them right so uh, uh, i wouldn't bet on the wizards but uh, i have no idea which version of the bucks is going to show up i mean you'd, you'd like to think that the bucks are going to at some point like wake up and look like the bucks that we're being used to seeing but uh uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll see. It's I don't I don't want to take it any for granted. Uh, I tweeted this at the end of the game, but I think it's time for the playoffs to start. I need to know. I just need to know. I need to know whether it's time to. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what people do when they when they have a breakdown. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure, but we we're, we're gonna have to wait and see. I'm not expecting to take a lot from this Wizards game, but the point you made earlier in the podcast that it would be nice to just see the Bucks win a game easily. That would be, that would be a nice welcome relief. We haven't seen that since, uh, since March. It's been a long, long time since the Bucks have just cruised and won a game easily. I would like to see that tomorrow, regardless of who plays. 8 p.m. tip-off. I'm very welcoming of that. I'm very happy about the later tip-off. That's good for my time frame here in Australia. We'll be back after that game to talk about whatever happens. In the meantime, I, I hope... All the listeners are not panicking too much. The playoffs start next week. We can worry about things then. Until that happens, I'm not going to go overboard. But uh, a strange day indeed. Another strange day. Frank, appreciate you coming on again. We thank everyone for listening. And we'll be back after the Wizards game. Hopefully not for another therapy session.